Well, hello, and in the heart of the blessing bags that have been going out all over the world is a little booklet with the greatest story ever told. On the cover, it reads, I double dog dare you to read this. It's about 65 pages of the Gospel of John, and today we are so thrilled to have the president of the Pocket Testament League with us, David Cullum. David, welcome to the Blessing Broker Podcast. Welcome. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you both for having me on. This is going to be fun. Well, yeah, and, and uh, we had a wonderful time in prayer before we got started, and so um, we just we just thank the Lord that we have an opportunity to have a dialogue yeah. and to hear a little bit about what the Pocket Testament League is, who you are. In fact, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your background, your your uh, the jobs you've had, the, the family that you have? Would you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we really get into uh, the Pocket Testament? Uh, sure. I have kind of... Uh... People find my background a little bit curious, I think is the phrase. Uh, so I came to faith when I was 30. Now, I went to church my entire life in the Roman Catholic faith and heard, you know, knew the story of Jesus, but didn't know uh, Jesus and really was, uh, I would say, a person under the law. Uh, that's probably what we say nowadays. But um, came to faith when I was 30, when I worked in the corporate world. So I worked, I worked for the same company for 25 years. Uh, General Electric was our corporate parent for about half of that, and Lockheed Martin. And we, we supported the U.S. Navy, uh, the U.S. Nuclear Navy. So trained sailors to operate nuclear power plants and design those power plants. And so I had the privilege of working for 25 years in a very mission-focused organization. You know, it was just on point. And so when I came to faith, I continued in that. But about uh, my late 40s, I left that and uh, became a pastor. I was a pastor for 12 years and kind of, uh, and lo I love being a pastor. But at the end of 12 years, the Lord kind of led me to the Pocket Testament League, which was a little bit of a uh, challenge for me because I, I would say to myself, I've already changed careers once. I don't need to do this twice. <laughs> and I liked being a pastor. But um, what he really did was bring me to a great organization that is, as mission focused, we try to be as mission focused as the first 25 years of my life, you know, we're supporting the Navy. Um, being a pastor, you get pulled in lots of different directions and pastors have hard lives. And, uh, and so what I love about the pocket testimony is we are singularly focused. Uh, and so I think all those 25 years supporting the Navy kind of prepared me for this bit right now. So <laughs> that's a thumbnail sketch. I've got two adult sons and we are, and, and my wife, Beth and I, and we are enjoying, um, being grandparents, I have a three-year-old granddaughter and a one-year-old grandson. And for years, I would watch my friends talk about being grandparents and I would smile politely. And uh, and then I had a grandchild and a switch gets thrown in your brain and you become one of those folks that have all those pictures on your cell phone. So that's <laughs> the phase we're in now. So I'm now part of that group. Oh, um, that's, that yeah. sounds awesome. That sounds fun. That sounds great. <laughs> and um, there's a sweet background to the Pocket Testament League. Would you tell us a little bit about its foundation and how it got started? Sure. Um, it's a great story. And so our founder is a 12-year-old girl named Helen. And she uh, was raised by parents who were Quakers, very serious about, you know, rearing their children to understand the gospel and also wanting their, their children to make that decision, that profession of faith. So Helen went forward one night uh, when she was 12 years old and accepted the Lord. And she went to school the next day and, and did, I think, what most 12-year-olds would do. She's excited. She's accepted Jesus. So she tells her best friend, mm. hey, I 
from Jesus last night. And her best friend says, well, I know Jesus. I go to church. And here's the profound words of this 12-year-old little girl. She goes, I don't think going to church makes you a Christian. Wow. Um, I'm a testimony to that, right? I went to church for 30 years. <laughs> so, um, but they were friends. And so Helen brought her Bible to school the next day and read it with her best friend. Her best friend went home and read some more Bible at her house and she accepted the Lord. And the two of them, you know, at age 12, decide we're just going to invite our classmates, our schoolmates to read God's word and decide for themselves. Mm. And by the end of that school year, 80 kids had. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. 80. Wow. That's amazing. Great, great, great story. You fast forward, she married, she's from England, Birmingham, England. She marries a guy from Tennessee who's a singer for uh, Crusades. So he sang for some big evangelists like uh, uh, R.W. Torrey and a few others around the world. And he is doing a crusade in England. And oh, that's uh, going back a ways. What, uh, wow. what era was this? So, uh, so she did when she was 12 in 1898. So, Ooh. yeah. So this is the 19th, this is pre-World War One. Wow. Okay. wow. So uh, yeah, we're about 128 years old right now as a, as a ministry. So, hmm. um, yeah, so he he marries this. You know, he falls in love with this this is a lovely English uh, uh, woman, and she's still doing her thing, man. And he's like, "What is this?" And he's been you know, think about it, he's been on the circuit, right, singing and leading people to Christ. And he sees what his new bride is doing, and he mm -hmm. gets excited about it. And so they start they integrate it into their crusade strategy. So two or three weeks before a crusade comes to town, right? Just like we do today, uh, you mobilize the local churches, you mobilize folks and are like, okay, today we're gonna go to all the bakers, you know, and all the bakers are gonna be given a gospel of John and invited to a crusade. The mm. next day it's all the police precincts and they had this strategy mm. um, and they integrated into their crusades and Charles Alexander is his name. Uh, he has some great quotes, but he, would say this was the most effective thing to put in a person's hands. He said, we so often preach to Christians that they should do this and we never equipped them. Yeah. Mm. This actually gives a person something to tangibly go do. Right. And so uh, he's, he's a remarkable guy. Uh, one of his other great quotes says, he goes, you know, Satan, Satan will let you go to church on Sunday. He'll even make sure you don't miss the Wednesday prayer meeting. He's got this long list of things Satan will do and he ends with. He'll even let you stand on a, on a, on a platform and sing to thousands of people. Hmm. So long as you do not try to win a soul to Christ. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? This so man, this, yeah, this man sang in front of hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, heady, heady kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but he called it, he called it, and Helen called it personal work. They said, you will not be effective unless you're doing personal work. And personal work was inviting someone, double dog daring them, you might say, yeah, <laughs> right? To, to just offer uh, people the living word of God and have them consider the person of Jesus for themselves. Mm. I love that. That's wonderful. Now you've been in the ministry and, and leading this organization that has this equipment that is going out all over the world. And, um, we were looking at some of the numbers of people who've been reached. And in a minute, I'd love to hear if you have any personal testimonies of, of people that you've seen that have become excited about having the tools necessary to share the gospel. But, um, but can you speak a little bit to the numbers? Um, we're, we're reading that some 60, let's see, 65 million daily engagements 
of people reading the word of God. And, and there, there are several different statistics here, but, um, but having been uh, as a ministry going for over 120 years, uh, I'm sure there's just a, a lot of different stories and statistics and, and reach that you guys are doing, but can you speak a little bit to the, um, to the work that you guys are doing and getting these pocket testaments out? Sure. And let me just start with, uh, we have this simple process that we use. And I always say, don't confuse simple and easy. Uh, it is simple to lose weight. It's mm. calories in and calories out. And as soon as I say that, we all know it's not necessarily easy. Mm. But um, so our process is we encourage Christians to read the word of God every day. And I'm going to come back to that. Mm -hmm. uh, after they read the word of God to say a prayer, Lord, lead me to the person you would like me to share this with. And then put it in their purse or their pocket, right? That's, we call that carry. And then as the Lord leads, share that. We call it read, carry, share. And so what is in that process? So there's another ministry called Back to the Bible. And I love sharing about other ministries because there's so many great ministries doing great things. They had this research project they did and it's called The Power of Four. And they found that if you read your Bible devotionally four or more times a week, you're 30% less likely to be alone, feel lonely. You're 60% less likely to abuse whatever you abuse, drugs, alcohol, gambling, you name it. 60% less likely to be tempted to those things if you're in God's word four more times a week. And you're 225% more likely to share your faith. Wow. wow. So I, thought, I thought, wow. Like if you were in a business right? And you wanted to do something to encourage an outcome. If you could do something, if you could encourage people to do something that would encourage that, increase the probability of that outcome by 225%, you would do that if you were in business. And so we are all about encouraging people to be in God's word, right? God's not a gumball machine, just passing these things out without actually being people of the word, without actually praying. God's not going to honor that. But if we're in our scripture every day, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us, right? Because it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, and then praying every day, Lord, lead me to that person. God's going to, I say, do the heavy lifting. He's going to give you those divine appointments. He's going to put you in the path of people who are ready to receive this. Amen. Um, and so that's our model. And so that's the, the, when you read off 65 million people. So we have about 100,000 people involved daily and in, engaged in God's word uh, through a couple of different mediums. Uh, we've got a PTL devotional, one verse a day. And hmm. uh, you can sign up for that at ptl.org and, and get our devotionals as, as a member. Uh, I have my own personal blog that I write, davidjcolumn.com. Mm. Uh, uh, and I, I'm working right now through Matthew. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I was a pastor for 12 years, right? What I'm really doing is scratching that itch of, I don't get to preach any, that as much anymore. So I, I want to be in the word grinding on it. Like, what is this going to say? What does it mean to me? How can I communicate it? So I, I, I kind of do that, but it's all, and there's so many other great resources that we have as followers in this day and age to be in the word. So we want to encourage people to be in the word because we know if they are, they're going to be burdened to share their faith. So that's, that's behind the numbers is this idea of uh, be people of the word. The fascinating thing about that study is if you read three or more times, it's not like it's a little bit less. It's like a light switch mm. on off. Wow. Mm. wow. The fascinating study back to the Bible power of four. Um, so we have in the last, since our inception, about 150 million people have been invited to meet Jesus wow. uh, by Praise offering God. them the living word of God. And we know that there are millions of people in, 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 in heaven right now. Our goal between 20, 
19 and 2028 is to do 130 million people in wow. 10 mm. We're on a pace to do that. Lord bless. <laughs> and, and, and folks, it's not about the numbers. It's yeah. really about a changed life. And David, have you uh, come across any stories or heard any testimonies that have really been changed because of um, uh, receiving the gospel maybe for the first time or for the first genuine time? But can you tell us about a, a testimony of what it's like to see somebody when the light goes on? So let me tell you two stories from two different perspectives. Uh, the first story was the first gospel I ever saw shared. I'd never shared a gospel. I've been doing this job for five years. So, hmm. and five years this month, August. So I was in Manchester, England. I was finding out about the pocket test link being considered for this position. And so we were with a business person in England, pretty, a pretty uh, well-known business person who was in marketing. And so he was spending the day with us. And this young entrepreneur who was opening his own market company, his name was Andy, came to see him for some mentoring and brought his wife, named, his, his wife was Tinny. And so Andrew and Tinny spend the day with us. In fact, they end up at dinner with us. And Andrew's got a gospel of John in his pocket, right? He's the newest member of the pocket test, Malagas, right there it's in his pocket. And he turns to me. Now, this is a guy from Manchester, England with a, you know, he's an English accent. His name's Andrew. I'm not kidding you. He's got a sweater vest on. It's a cardigan. And he turns to me and says, in what I think was a John Wayne voice, I'm going in. <laughs> Who are you and where are you from? So he talks to the waiter, pulls out this gospel, talks to the waiter. The waiter was from Turkey. We hear the waiter's story. He's over, sending money back, trying to get his wife and kids, you know, uh, mm -hmm. into the UK. I mean, the classic, I'm working hard to better my life, right? And he's a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so Andrew talks to him and shares with him. Uh, this book and says, well, I'm, I'm a Christian and I follow the pers person of Jesus. Do you know much about him? Well, you know, and as Muslims do know about, about Jesus, like, well, mm -hmm. this book, this is the story and it's in Jesus's own words. Would you like to read Jesus's own words? He goes, I'd love to read that. Mm -hmm. And he gives, gives him the gospel. That's it, right? Andrew turns to me and says these words. I think I just followed Jesus more than I ever have in my life. Wow. Nice. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I, and I, now think about this. I was in the, I was, I had pastor brain at that point, right? I've been a pastor for 12 years, three weeks out of the pulpit. And um, I never had anybody in 12 years in, in the past say to me by some seminar I ran, some sermon I preached, some evangelism event that I did say, gosh, I really feel like I'm following Jesus. And this guy, by sharing the gospel of John, um, I think the Holy Spirit just, just encouraged him like, that's what I want you to do. Keep doing it. Right. And so that's, that's, that's a story from the, from the person who's doing the sharing. And I just want to encourage folks listening to this, that God's going to bless you when you're obedient. He just is, he's going to give you a sense that well done, just keep it up. Yeah. Um, the, the first time's the first time's really the hardest. And, and you know, when, when you get over that hump with great material, mm -hmm and find out that it just wasn't that bad. In fact, you find out that it was blessed and, and um, we can do this. Yeah. So, uh, so another story, please. So another story is from the other perspective. It's, it's, this is on our website. Uh, it's called the power of, of God's word. And so we have a member, his name's Baron. He does about a 30 minute comedy routine when he does this, but he when he first joined the league, felt this burden, right? People who come to us or people who love Jesus, who love the word of God, who have a heart for loss, but they're kind of jammed up, right? They just say, I'm not Billy Graham. I, I can't answer all those questions. You know, what, what am I going to do? But they, they, they're kind of 
they've got this sense of I've got to do something. We're like, hey, if that's if that's the boat you're in, we'd love to help you. So he ordered some gospels, got gospels, they're in his glove box. He pulls into a gas station late at night. This is in Tampa, Florida. And he's he's getting gas and it's in a part of town he's not used to it's dark he's not feeling too comfortable and so this you know classic american truck pulls up with big tires covered with mud you know it's one of those 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 trucks that are jacked up guy gets out covered with tattoos you know he's got guns for biceps the size of baron's thighs mm. and um and baron's like oh man i really feel uncomfortable now and he says I, I i god doesn't speak to me a lot but i had this sense that god was saying yeah that's the guy mm. you know now, Garen had been, you know, Baron had been reading his Bible every day, praying, Lord, lead me to the person you want. And here's this ginormous man on the other side of a gas pump. So Baron's like having this conversation with God while he's pumping gas, saying, you know, Lord, he's really big. I don't know him. It's dark. And then he's starting to say, well, you know, maybe this isn't God. Maybe it was, maybe I had bad sushi for lunch. I shouldn't have got the sushi <laughs> on a vending machine. I mean, he's got a hysterical comedy routine about all of his mental uh, resistance of the Lord. And we've all done that, right? Yeah. We all know, like, you know, the Lord, you know, you know, we have this conversation with God. So finally he resigns himself. All right, fine. I'll do it. He finishes pumping gas. He makes sure the credit card clears. He goes and starts his car. Hmm. Like the getaway car is started. He's like, <laughs> I'm ready, man, to jump and go. So he like walks over. And of course, now the guy's nine feet tall. The truck's dirtier. It's bigger. He says, I walk up to the guy. I look at his navel, you know, because he's that big. He's, he's funny. He goes, I say, hey, man, God told me to give this to you. And he says, I don't even make eye contact. The guy takes it. I was like, okay, bye. Get in my car, drive away. And then I go, man, am I an evangelist or what? <laughs> so he's pretty proud of himself. And he looks in the rearview mirror. And there's truck lights coming at him. Oh boy. Oh no. He's like becomes, you know, full of fear, which is what Satan does. He wants us all to be afraid that bad things are gonna happen when we do this. And he has to stop at a stoplight. And uh, so he stops, this truck pulls up next to him, motions to roll down the window. He doesn't want to do it, but the guy's persistent. And the nine foot tall, ginormous man, you know, covered with tats is crying. Mm. Wow. Wow. He says, man, I've been running from God for three years and didn't know what to do, but now I do. Thank you. Wow. Light turns green. Off he goes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. True story. True story. Oh, oh that's. I that, yeah. I will tell you that I, I do this. I travel a lot, as you know, so I, I do it a lot with wait staff. And so I was and I was and people know I do it. So now they kind of wait for me to do it. So I was in, in New York City. And I was feeling like I shouldn't do it. So confession of the president of the pocket Like I too had fear. Okay. So <laughs> really? you're going to experience, you're going to experience this. That gives us so, hope. <laughs> yeah. Look at this guy's cut. He's got, he's got plugs in his ears and he's a waiter. So I typically say, Hey, we're going to pray for our food. I'd like to pray. But while I'm praying for my food, I'd love to offer a prayer for you. How could I pray for you? Mm. And uh, it took three times to explain what I was talking about. He, he, he thought, uh, and so anyway, we were really wrestling with this thing in my mind, you know, I'm having that conversation just like Baron was at the gas station. I'm like, Oh, this is not going well. I knew I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> and we were like with 10 people. So he walks, it takes three more orders. And then he's about, you know, around this table and he looks me dead in the eye. And then he walks back towards me. And I think I knew I shouldn't have done this. And this is what I thought. I thought he's going to spit in my food. Hmm. <laughs> sorry I'm from, I'm from new york this is what you think so anyway <laughs> but uh so he comes back over uh his he had a very unique name his name was ordu but he looked like he was from ireland uh 
So he said, are you really going to pray? I said, yeah, I'm going to, are you really going to pray? I was like, yeah, I'm going to, he asked me to pray for his mom. I said, yeah, I'm going to pray for your mom, Mary. I said, that's my mother's name. It'll be easy. And by the way, I'm going to pray for you. Mm. And he said this to me. He said, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me. Wow. I'm like, you're going to be kidding me, right? I mean, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like that's not, I should recognize that bringing someone into the throne room of God's grace in prayer is a great thing. But, you know, you just kind of think, well, that's really not that hard to do. So after the meal, you know, I went and chatted with him, found out he's one of the, who knows, thousands of young artists in the city. He's a musician, you know, working tables, trying to get, trying to get his big break in the music industry, right? And so, and that's got to be pretty lonely, you know, away from home, away from your support system, mm -hmm. probably working two or three jobs just to pay the, the cost of living in a place like that while he's trying to find his passion. So we talked a little bit about his passion. I gave him a gospel of John. I said, hey, the, I know what it's like to have passion. And I also know what it's like to chase after it. So uh, the message of this book changed my life. I just want to share it with you. He goes, mm. oh, is this a Christian thing? And I said, oh yeah, Christians, do you like them? He goes, no, not so much. I was like, yeah, I don't like a lot of Christians either. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it's a Jesus thing, man. And just mm. don't let, don't, I said, don't let Christians. And I pointed at me, I said, don't let us get in the way of you and yeah. Jesus. That's good. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's good. really good. Really good. Because We do sometimes. I mean, we, yeah. just, we have to own it. We have to own it. I mean, we probably beat ourselves up a little more than we should. And certainly the world's happy to beat us up, but that, that narrative is out there. Right. So I try to diffuse that and say, um, Hey, this is about Jesus, you and Jesus. So, um, classic, another classic line people use is like, you know, uh, what do you think about the church or what do you think about Christians? Most people don't think much about it. It's like, what do you think about Jesus? Oh, we think he's cool. Yeah. Have you ever read what he said about himself? Well, you know, well, would you like to, mm. Sure. And then you hold up something this thin. So, well, here it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, those are a few stories. They're fun. And the Lord uh, blesses us when we do that. Yeah. Yes, he does. And yeah. you've got a lot of different options for packaging Jesus words. <laughs> but the heart of this is just Jesus words. Mm -hmm. It's not us you know, blurting out a testimony or trying to convince somebody that there is a God and, and he loves them. This is Jesus own words yeah. in a very easy to carry pocket Testament. So they have different covers. And if, uh, if somebody wanted to go on and find out those different options and how to order, where should they go? Sure. Thanks for asking. So our, our website's got a pretty easy address. It's ptl.org, ptl.org. Love that. And, uh, and uh, so we want to invite people to become really part of a movement. We want to walk with you, but you go there and you can get gospels. We have like um, hundreds and hundreds of covers in stock. And the interesting thing is that you realize that for people who don't know the Lord, um, you know, the first thing they're going to see is, is a cover. Mm -hmm. And so this one says finding hope. It's in, it, it was, it's one of our most popular covers because of the, uh, in, with COVID and everything going on, right? Yeah. So uh, we have another one that says hope has a name, all right? We all, we, we all know the name of the hope, of what, the name of hope, it's Jesus. And so um, we have one that's called You Are Not Forgotten that they use in prison. Mm. We have uh, a, a company that ships supplies to prisons and the people who open the boxes are the, are the inmates who are, you know, kind of more trusted. They've earned the right to be able to do that. And um, this guy did this. He started putting a gospel in every box and he wrote, he uh, customized it and put a little message in there. It said, if you have accepted Christ, I'd like to send you a Bible. If you'd like prayer requests, please 
contact this, uh, I think it was an email address. And so mm -hmm. he thought his administrative assistant would handle that. They had to take their conference room and turn it into an inmate response center, wow. put whiteboards all around to list the prayer requests. And you go in there and there's like prayer requests for Tito. I mean, it's classic. It's like classic stuff. You know? <laughs> but he's on his desk. He's got a pile of letters mm. from inmates that are saying things like, when I got that book that said, you are not forgotten, I felt it was God reaching out to me in prison when everyone else had abandoned me. Wow. wow. Now think about what the Bible says about visiting prisoners and think about what the, the Lord's got some, and I just was blown away by that. Here's this person who their perception was, this is the God of the universe, you know, reaching out to them with the very living word of God. I was, you know, I was really blown away by that. So yeah, there's lots of cover options at ptl.org. If you want to really customize it for your ministry, we have that full customization, but we have a whole bunch of different ways to do it. We've got covers in stock. We've got, if you've got to have a certain cover, we have this thing called print on demand. And if you really want to customize it because you want to link it to a broader ministry or a broad, a broad like what you all are doing through Blessings, Blessing Broker, there's ways to do that. But it's all at ptl.org. Great. I love how you guys are empowering the body of Christ to get out there and share God's word in such a small, very, uh, very unassuming little testament and just just the, the the fact that you guys are empowering the body of christ all over the world to do that um that's an exciting thing to see where where things are going to go with with who's going to enter the kingdom from this yeah it is i mean we're there's only uh 15 of us we're 12 full-time wow. equivalents so we're wow. you know, this year we're hoping to see about 9 million people be invited to meet the person of Jesus, you know, mm. with an, with an invitation, but here's the deal. There's like 25,000 uh, followers of Jesus who are doing this. And the, they're the ones that inspire me. We have one lady who's, who's in, she's blind and she's uh, invited 4,000 people to meet Jesus. Wow. Praise God. Oh, that's that's <laughs> I'm like, she's like a rock star in my, in God's economy. I think I get, I might get to carry the water pan to the person who, <laughs> worthy enough to wash your feet because i don't think i get to wash your feet i mean really four thousand people oh that's amazing yeah. by the way ptl.org has some great resources available also for uh you know everybody needs a good coach so there's some there's some tips and and um just really good resources on there including um something you can sign up for that has a little bit of accountability built into it um it's a bit of a challenge and uh, in, encourages you to stay on track with uh, especially praying first before you pass out the pocket testament. Mm -hmm. So uh, so go to ptl.org for these great resources. And uh, Dave, I just have to say again, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. And um, we're going to continue praying for you. We're going to keep on handing out the the double dog dare use, um, we were able to pass forward a hundred of them um, this Saturday, just a couple yeah. days ago. And uh, as we did that, we saw all kinds of, of religious tracks on the ground yeah. being walked on around um, this homeless community, downtown Phoenix. And um, I'm quite sure that, that they were there because nobody looked a soul in the eyes, had a conversation mm -hmm. with them and just 
shared the love of Jesus for a minute. So mm-hmm. you guys are doing a really great job of, of training people how to um, pass forward the words of Jesus. And so we would uh, invite all of our listeners to go to ptl.org, dive deep into that website, because there's a lot of great resources. Mm -hmm. But also, again, David, would you um, spell out your um, website, your personal website, where our listeners can, can tune into your blogs? Oh, sure. Well, thank you. So it's davidjcolum.com. So David J, my last name, C-O-L-L-U-M.com. Um, and it's, it's for, it's, I just love to read scripture and try to um, just try to really stay true to um, what the writer's saying and try mm-hmm. to think about things. Like if you think about the gospel of John, it was written by Jesus's best friend, right? Self-described mm. best friend. Now we all have best friends. Best, <laughs> friends. best friends in one sentence can build us up and, and, and embarrass us, right? That's what best friends, best friends are doing. This <laughs> is the guy who wrote the gospel of John. And I just think it must've been stunning for him to realize his best friend was God mm. incarnate, you know? Or mm. if you think about the gospel of Luke, it begins with these things are written so that you might be certain. Mm. Mm boy, we really want certainty in this day and age. And yes. that gospel is written that we would be certain right. that Jesus is the Christ. So I try to, I try to have a little bit of um, just muse on that, but that's, uh, that'd be great if people wanted to do that. And it's about, and I do a book at a time, so you can read through the, the Bible a book at a time. So um, yeah, that, that would be great. I really appreciate that. I just really appreciate what you all are doing that you're out in Phoenix. Um, I was there just two months ago and it's a beautiful city, but then I also took a turn down through a certain part of the down, a downtown area, and I can see there was some real, just some real homelessness and some real poverty. So God bless you all for being out there and doing that, because I think it's, um, again, it's, it's a, I love this ministry because, as I say, it leaves room for God and the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting, uh, but he lets us um, participate with him. And then I pray that you will just get great stories from the work that you're doing through the Blessing Brokers program um because that's just the stories would encourage me so uh wonderful you awesome. guys in your work well thank you so much and and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for somebody else who took the time and mm-hmm. the guts yep. to reach out and say jesus loves you yeah he's real and here's what he said yeah so again david thank you so much for your time yes, thank and you. um we uh, we would love to know how we can continue to pray for you and for your organization. Thanks so much. Well, we'll certainly stay. Let's stay connected and, sure. and we can check in with each other and give each other updates as uh, as things move along. Sounds Excellent. like a plan. <laughs> Thanks again. We look forward to it. Hey, Denise here. We are so appreciative that you spent time with us today. Proverbs 11.25 says, A soul who blesses will prosper, and one who gives water will themselves be satisfied. So we've built a lot of resources on BlessingBroker.com to help you be the blessing. We also invite you to engage with us on our social media through Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And now we're on all of your popular podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple. We look forward to reporting again soon, but until then, go out and be the blessing today.